Okay, first before I give, I got a, this message won't be long, I promise you. That makes you feel better. I, I'm, I don't, yeah, because we have, this is Easter. But I want to know, anybody here who has pro, real problems with fire ants, raise your hand. Okay, fire ants. Stand up, you guys who have it. This is serious. I had this dream last night about fire ants, and it, the, it was very serious and you know, I had the dream, and I woke up concerned about it, and then I went back to sleep, and I had the dream again. It was a progressive thing, and I realized it was spiritual, okay? It wasn't just natural fire. You know, fire ants can be very difficult. I don't know if you've ever been bit by a fire ant, but it hurts, and it makes a welt on you. And they're really little things, okay, little ants. If you just saw one, you would think, are you kidding me? Those things are not a problem, but they very much are, so... Uh, let's just reach our hands out to them this morning, because I believe it's a, it's a demonic thing. Uh, and we're going to pray the Lord, get rid of them in the natural, of course. But spiritually, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we want to, uh, in the natural, Lord, I don't believe fire ants are, are supposed to be in North Carolina. So we just can curse fire ants in Jesus' name. Lord, they're not, they don't belong here. We just tell them to, to leave, die, or whatever. But just get out of the state in Jesus' name. Just leave. And, Lord, I'm praying also what that means spiritually, Lord. There's something wicked about that, Lord, that you're trying to do to hurt these people's lives and destroy things. And we just speak against that this morning in Jesus' name. And we break the enemy's commission. We speak to the enemy that you must let them go. These people are belong to Jesus Christ. They're part of his family. How dare you touch God's children? And we let you to go in Jesus' name. Every one of you demons, leave. Leave now in Jesus' name. Just leave. And go away with those natural fire ants. Amen. Woo, thank you, Lord. All right, let me sleep better tonight, Lord. <laughs> um, so, man, Wednesday night was great. If you weren't here, get, get it off the Internet. We had a great resurrection message given by Blessing, last name starts with a C, from India. It was a very powerful message, very he really a prophet gave a lot of real accurate prophetic words to people, and so he, it was really good, uh, you know, getting to be ministered to by him. And one of the things he did is he actually uh, spoke from Ephesians one, the prayer in Ephesians one, uh, which if you haven't, if you're a visitor, we've been trying to go through the book of Ephesians forever in this church. And one of these days, maybe before Jesus comes back, we'll get through it. <laughs> I'm not in no hurry, but uh, there's two prayers in, in the book. Uh, one of them is Ephesians 1, where Paul prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, or literally in the recognition of Him. Okay, that's what that really means. It means to be able to recognize the Lord. Uh, and then, then that the eyes of your heart would be opened. And that was the first prayer. And the other prayers down in chapter 3 uh, that we've been talking about just more recently, that he would, and part of that prayer in verse 16, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. That God, so both of these prayers have to do with the inside of us. The, the realm of our soul. And, and, you know, most of us are looking for breakthrough out here, right? You know, we're looking for healing on our body or... or or we're looking for a financial breakthrough, we're looking for a better job or promotion, or whatever, you know, better grades in school, you know, for your kids to act better, you know, the kids to do right. I mean, I know that's a big prayer of, of parents. But God, the, it always starts on the inside. 
you know, uh, Third John says that we would prosper and be in good and favor just as our soul prospers. So what God wants to do is He wants to prosper people on the inside, to make them healthy and whole on the inside. And as we are, the favor of God and the blessings of God can begin to flow in our lives in a real way. And the thing that God really wants us, one of the major things that God really, I believe, is really going after in these days is for us to be able to recognize the Lord. That's what Paul prayed. That we'd better recognize Him because the Lord uh, is not a God who comes the same all the time. And it's, so we're living at a time. We're living a time of great traumatic events in the earth, uh, and we're also living in a time where there's great opportunity uh, spiritually. And so we need to be able to to see and recognize what is the Lord. And, and what's not of the Lord, to stay in God's perfect will. Are you all with me? So one of the things that I want to do is talk about Jesus' the first encounters that he had right after he was resurrected from the dead. Okay, the very first things that happen are very important. I mean, they, they reveal something to us in this area of recognition. So I wanted to read just a couple things that happened right after Jesus was resurrected in terms of God answering, our, answering the prayer for us to be able to recognize the Lord. Are you with me? Okay. The first one is in John chapter 20, verse 14 through 16. And this is, you know, uh, the first person that Jesus encountered when he was raised from the dead, the first human that dealt with Jesus, was this lady Mary, not his mom, but one of the women that he ministered to. And this is a, a wild story because... If you think about it, what happened was she went to the tomb. It says in verse 11, and she was weeping, and she looked in the tomb. The Lord wasn't in there, but they were she saw two angels in the tomb. Now, and so, and the angels spoke to her and said, Woman, why are you weeping? And, and she said, Well, they took the Lord away. This is one of the few occurrences in the Bible when angels appeared to a person, and they didn't flip out. You know, most of the time the angels had to say, Don't be afraid, because... You know, angels will scare you. If you see an angel, you're going to be scared. Trust me. Uh, so most of the time, but this woman was so overcome with grief because she had such a love for the Lord that the presence of angels did not, it didn't even phase her. Just didn't, didn't even have any kind of effect on her. She just wanted to know, where is the Lord? And so uh, it says in verse 14... Uh, now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Everybody say, did not know that it's Jesus. And see, that's a real thing that we got to really get in our heart. Jesus Christ appears to people. Jesus Christ is in our midst many times, and we don't know it. Okay? We don't know. And God really wants to remedy that because, you know... Our lives revolve around Him and about recognizing Him when He shows up. So that's the first thing. And then Jesus said to him, said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Now, at this point, she should have recognized that was the Lord talking to her because the Lord was speaking to her. But she was so overwhelmed in the moment. Now, this is really important. She was so overwhelmed in the moment, she did not even realize the Lord himself was standing there trying to talk to her. And a lot of us find ourselves in situations like that. 
I'm, I've been in situations like that. I've been in situations where I was overwhelmed. The circumstances, everything that was going around me had overwhelmed me, and I had godly people speaking the word of the Lord directly at me, and I couldn't hear the Lord in it. It was always, yeah, bud, or, or it just going over my head. You just don't, but it's hard. You know, you ever said that to somebody that would give you the truth, and you say, well, it's so hard. You know, well, that's really what happens to us many times is God has given us emotions, you know, and emotions are wonderful things, but emotions are not meant to control and drive us. And so here she was in this real emotional state, not from a bad perspective. The perspective was she was so in love with the Lord. And her, her emotions of her love for Him, and suddenly she couldn't even find His body. And she was tore apart, and here the Lord she was seeking was speaking to her, and she didn't catch it. Okay, so that's one thing we really have to be careful in our life when we get into tight spots or circumstances that are overwhelming, that the Lord's going to be right there with us. The Lord's going to be speaking to us, but if we allow our emotions to overtake us and run up, ruin, you know, you know, drive us, we're going to miss the Lord. And that's really the truth. Uh, then she, supposing him to be the gardener, and so that's what she was thinking in her mind, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away... Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Then Jesus said to her, Mary! See, at that point, Jesus spoke directly at her, and she called it. She called it, because it says she turned around, it's the Lord, you know. So you see, God got her attention. Now, this is important for us to see, uh, that God really wants us to be able to recognize his voice. Okay, that's really key for us right now is recognize his voice. And I'll show you something in a little bit. But first I want to hit on this gardener thing. You see, the Lord did appear to her as a gardener. That's why she supposed him to be the gardener because he looked as a gardener. Okay, now think about this. The Bible tells us in Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians 15 or maybe 1 Corinthians 15, that it speaks about the uh, Adam, the first Adam and the last Adam. Okay, Jesus being the last Adam. Y'all know that, right? That's what the Bible calls Jesus the last. He don't, they don't, call, he don't call him the second Adam. Some, I've heard people call Jesus the second Adam, but he's not the second Adam because if there's a second, there's a third, there's a fourth. You know, he's the last Adam. It says the, the, uh, the first Adam uh, uh, came alive. Life was breathing him. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You see the difference there. But what did Adam do? What was he? What was his occupation? He was a gardener. And you see, Jesus appeared... As a gardener, okay? That's how he appeared to her. Now, he was trying to tell us something. And this is what he was trying to tell us. He was trying to tell us that the garden had been restored to mankind through the resurrection. Okay? That's what he was trying to tell us. He was appearing as a gardener. You see, when the Lord appears, okay, I want you all to get this. When he appears, and God does appear to people, okay? I mean, uh, I don't know many people who've seen the Lord. but I I know a few people have. Uh, but I do know people who've seen the Lord in visions. I've seen the Lord several times in visions and dreams, okay? The Lord appears, and the way He appears, He's trying to communicate something to us in His appearance. He's trying to reveal something in the way He appears to us. So He appeared to her, the very first person He appeared to as, as a resurrected Jesus Christ, 
as a, you know, as a fully resurrected, conquered death, Jesus, as a gardener, and he was telling everybody, he was telling her, he was telling all mankind, listen, the garden of God has been restored to you. You can go back to the garden, and you can go back and have that relationship with the Father, just like you had, just like there was at the beginning. You can walk with him in the cool of day. You can have a relationship with him in the cool of day. And that's what the resurrection does for Christians. It gives us that. Isn't that wonderful? That's what it gives. And Jesus wants us to know, listen, I want you to go back to the garden of life. I want you to go back. I want you to believe this resurrection thing. I don't want it just to be one celebration on Sunday once a year. I want it to be something that's real in life where you begin to go back and say, I can have that relationship with the Creator and I can eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Just no. No. Everybody say no to that. Yeah, good. No, we're not going to do that. We're done doing that. We're going to eat from the tree of life. We'll do that in just a minute. Okay? And God is calling us to that. He's calling the church to have that relationship with Him like that. Now, um, this is what I wanted to tell you about. the In the book of Joshua, the Lord appeared to Joshua just before Joshua was about to launch the greatest, Joshua chapter 5, right before he was about to launch the greatest military campaign of all of history. Okay, when Joshua conquered, and you can talk to military people, they will tell you that was the greatest military campaign of all history, what he did. Okay, but right before he did it, the Lord appeared to him as what? The captain of the Lord's army. Okay, and basically what he was trying to tell him, look, Joshua, if you're going to win these battles, you've got to know something. I'm the general. I'm the man. I'm the main person, and you have to bow to me and take orders from me. If you don't, you'll lose. You know, and Joshua found out a couple of times when he didn't do that. So you see that, see that perspective, how God wants to reveal himself to us and show us different aspects of himself. And when he's doing that, he's trying to reveal something to us about, about him, or about our life, or about what we're supposed to be doing. So if you, ever, if you have a dream, or if you have a vision of the Lord, be, um, you know... He may not appear to you. He probably won't appear to you the same. I've had dreams where God didn't appear to me at all, but I heard him and I heard his voice. I heard. I knew he was there. Then I've had at least five where I've seen him. Okay, but he was different every time. Uh, the last one I saw in a dream, I saw the Lord. He was. He came as a carpenter to me. He was like a bit. We were. We were on a building site, and he was building. He was down on the ground, down on the ground building, working with his hands. Okay, I had one where he uh, he appeared to me like a business executive, and he was dressed like a business executive. He had a suit on, and he was very fit looking. And he told me, "You're you have to understand this. You're it's time for evaluations. You're, you know, like at work, you get a yearly appraisal, performance appraisal, evaluation by your bosses." to see if you're going to get a promotion. Well, he came to me like that as a boss, saying it's evaluation time and that you need to know that the, the father is a businessman and he was acting like a businessman. And I've seen the Lord envisioning in a glorious way, in a very powerful, glorious way. Uh, you know, I, those are just like, ugh, you know, when he appears like that, like, ugh. Are y'all good? So... God is calling us to be able to recognize Him regardless of how He comes. Now, that's the key. Regardless of how He shows up, He wants us to know, oh, that's Him. 
How many people do you know that the Lord has shown up in their life or the Lord has shown up in their church and it, it was rejected because it did not look, he did not act, it did not see, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the way they thought or it wasn't the way he did it last time or the, the way they heard about. And, and so we miss him because we don't have this connection with him to Noah's him. And so the Lord wants to teach us about recognizing him. So... Uh, the, I believe one of the ways is, well, no, of course, we, we pray this prayer, uh, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation to recognize you. And so here's one of the ways that he does it. He, it's through intimacy, it's through relationship that he's going to draw you and I into. And I want to read this uh, vision that Bob Jones had uh, back in 2001 or so. Uh, it's one of my favorite you know, visions that he's had that really has really spoken to me a lot in my life uh, because the, it's just critical to be able to recognize him. Uh, but So Bob was in a vision, and he went into a church in which the highest form of praise was taking place. In other words, the Lord was really being worshipped in praise, the highest level in this church. In the midst of this uh, um, high-level praise, an old man walked into the service in a very unkept manner. In fact, his hair was long and stringy, covering not only his head, but also his face. He had somewhat stooped shoulders and acted like a frail and confused, and acted frail and confused by external demeanor. He looked like a very old wilderness sage. Most who saw this seemingly ancient-looking man simply assumed he was a confused elderly man and gave him little attention. As he moved through the crowd in this physical condition, he inquired of the people, asking, Do you know me? Do you know me? He went from one to the other. Do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know me? As he did so, most did not even acknowledge his presence, nor did they recognize his voice. That's kind of convicting, isn't it? However, immediately upon hearing this old man's voice, Bob instantly recognized that it was the Lord. Although the outward appearance was strange and unique, he identified him by his voice. Okay? He heard his voice. It's like when, when the Lord said, Mary! She heard it suddenly through all the emotions, through all the stuff. She heard this person that she knew who it was. <clears throat> And the Lord asked Bob uh, this question, this old man. Uh, Do you know me more intimately than your own wife? That's what he asked him. And Bob's response, to, or his comment was, the Lord is seeking people who have such a close relationship with the Lord that they can recognize the Lord's voice in no matter what situation they find themselves. If they're in the darkest room, if you were in the darkest room, and there were ten people in that room, and you could not see us one person in that room, if your spouse was on the other side of that room, and they spoke, you would know, there's my wife, there's my husband, that's them. You would know it just by their voice, right? Yeah. Or if you were in a great crowd of people, and you heard somebody from the back of the crowd yell out your name, you would know that was the voice of your spouse. And see, what, that's what Bob was saying, is, is he's calling the church to get that close to the Lord that we will recognize the Lord's voice when the Lord speaks, regardless of what's happening around us. Because many times, you know that old saying, all that, gold is, all that glitters is not gold? 
And all that is gold does not glitter. And many times the Lord does not show up in the glitter. In fact, sometimes He's like that. He's like that old man that people want to reject and push away and pay no attention to because that can't be the Lord. And now that scripture on that comes out of John chapter uh, uh, 10 where Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice and know my voice. John chapter 10, uh, 27. But there's an interesting verse, speaking of the garden. Uh, it says, uh, Adam and Eve, speaking of Adam and Eve, it says, They heard the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They heard the voice, that's the little translation. It's not the sound, but the voice of the Lord. They heard the voice of the Lord walking. The voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day. See, that's where we recognize the voice of the Lord. Uh, when my children all lived at home, we have uh, wood stairs in our house going up and downstairs. They're wood. I could tell which one of my kids were coming up and, or up and down the stairs by the sound of how they came up and down the stairs. Okay? Because they were my children. Like Philip, you know, when Philip did it, it was like, <laughs> That's the way it was, like wide open. Uh, Aaron, it was more of a tromping sound. Boop, boop, boop. You know, that's sort of the way he walked around. And then Grace was somewhere in the middle of a sort of a light-footed person. I used to have a hard time years ago in the mornings when I would get up suffering from, from feeling oppressed and feeling down. Anybody have that problem? I have, I have answers for you. I don't have that problem. But Becky used to tell me, Byron, I can tell what kind of move you're in when you get up in the morning and how you're walking. Just listen to your footsteps. I can tell if you're messed up or not. So, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. No, you're not. I can hear you tromping around. I can hear the sound of your voice, the condition of your heart, and the way you're walking around. I mean, that's what she would say to me. We got these. We got these two Jack Russell Terriers. Y'all ever know what those are? Those dogs are insane, man. They're the best watched. Well, they're geriatric dogs now. I'm gonna tell you something. Don't get a dog that you plan on keeping all its life because it's gonna get old one day and have problems. If you know what I mean. I'm serious. Get a, dogs belong outside. That's just my philosophy. Unfortunately, I married somebody who has an opposite philosophy. I like them outside. Anyways, those dogs, when they were young, they knew. If we would go somewhere, we'd pull up in the yard. The minute our foot, they, they'd be howling and carrying them. But the minute my foot or Becky's foot or one of the kids' foot hit the steps, they would stop. Because they knew who we were just by the sound. They would hear, oh, that's, you know, that's the people. That's our people. Now, a stranger come, they would just continually go berserk because they could discern the sound. And see, that's really what God wants to teach us. And the only way we learn that sound is through intimacy, through closeness with the Lord, through, through a desire to know God, hearing God, and giving God an opportunity to speak to your heart. And, and so you won't be deceived, and you can really walk in this. this and God has, and, and see, that's the thing about the garden. God is saying to man, He's saying to people who come in to know Christ, you have that. You can have that if you want that. You can have that kind of relationship with me. Remember I shared with you last week about that guy, Brenny Manning, on the video that Becky shared, shared with me where he was saying, you know, the thing... The, thing, the, the, the only thing that's going to matter in the end is, did I know the Lord's love? Did I learn His love? And that, that God, every day of our lives, are, is waiting on us. Is waiting on us to come to Him. Is waiting on us to have a relationship with us. Well, that's really what we're talking about. That's one of the ways that we can really know the Lord and know that we're in the will of God and know because the times we're in, we need to know, don't we? 
we need to know that when this is God, this is not God. This, is, this was God yesterday, but it's not God today because His voice is no longer present in that. And when we begin to learn that voice and, and feel that voice and hear that voice like the dogs barking, oh, that's Him coming up. We don't have to be afraid. He's out there. That's a powerful place to be. Amen? Okay. The other one is, is in Luke. Uh, I wanted to read this, and this is really good. Luke 24. Everybody knows what Luke 24 is, right? It's the road to Emmaus. And there were these two people. Cleopas is one of them's name, the Bible tells us. And then it didn't tell the other's name. I've heard a lot of different philosophies. But if you look at how the Bible does, uh, you know, usually when it's some... I heard this guy recently say he thought it was a father and son, but uh, I was thinking most of the time when it's a father and son, it gives the son's name. And, it, you know, so-and-so, like somebody would say Byron, the son of William. Okay, that's how it would, Byron Wicker, the son of William. That's how the Bible would give those kind of things. But this, and most times when it's a husband and wife, most of the time, not all the time, there are one notable exception. Most of the time it gives the husband's name. It doesn't give the wife's name. So I'm thinking it's a husband and wife walking down the road uh, to Emmaus from, from Jerusalem and having a very intense discussion about what had happened that day, the day Christ was killed, buried and this was actually you know a couple of days later after the resurrection but let me just read that in verse 13 of Luke 24 it says now two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus which was seven miles from Jerusalem and they talked together of all the things which had happened so it was while they conversed and reasoned and here it is this is now listen this is the second people that Jesus approached after his resurrection second second he talked to Mary now these are the next two that he went to visit so this is important you see where I'm trying to tell you this? Are y'all getting this? this? This is the resurrection. This is what Jesus did right after he was resurrected. This is meaning this is what he wants for us. Okay? He wants us to know him. He wants us to see him. Uh, they, were, they conversed and reasoned, and that Jesus drew near and went with them. Okay? Jesus himself drew near, but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. Okay? They didn't know it was the Lord. Okay? And that was really, you know, that, the Bible puts that in there for a reason. It wants us to know. Here's Jesus walking. And like I said earlier, Jesus can be right around us and we won't even know it. Okay, but he wants to remedy that in our life. Their eyes were restrained. They did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Okay, as you walk. And so here's the thing. One thing is God really wants to... to I think this is the way God feels about us a lot of times. It's like He wants to know, why are you sad when heaven's happy? Because a lot of times our emotions and the way we feel things are out of sync with the way God feels. Okay? And see, that was really what Jesus was saying. This is, you don't understand something. You sh why? You should not be sad because the best thing that has ever happened in your life has happened. And your dreams have come true, but you don't know it. Okay? And see, that's where I promise we don't know it. We're so disconnected from the spiritual world that, we're, that, that heaven could be just having a hooting party right now. And we're looking at earthquakes and volcanoes and, you know, these prophecies. Have y'all heard about some of the prophecies that are out now? I read one the other day and I thought, Dig on! We ought to go ahead and kill ourselves right now instead of go through that because this is terrible. 
You know, what's the use of living if this is going to happen? You know, volcanoes and the ash is going to cover the entire world, United States, and the sun won't be shining. We're going to freeze and just crazy stuff. You know, so how, are we going to be able to live our life like that? But we could be prophesying those things, and heaven could be up there having a party looking on earth saying, what is wrong with all those people down there? Don't they realize the, the moment they're in? You, you see what I'm saying? And God really wants to connect us with the, with the feelings of heaven, the emotions of heaven, and how, what heaven views, how heaven views the earth, and how heaven views what's, what's going on in the earth. Amen? So that's just something on the side um, I was just thinking about. Yeah. So they couldn't recognize him. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 30. They went on and, you know, went to the house, had a little cookout, you know. And so they were fixing to sit down. To eat. They were sitting down to eat in verse 30. And now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them. Now listen, this is, this is the other thing. That he took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Okay? And then in verse 31, there and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. So... He took the bread, and he broke it, and blessed it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were open. Okay? Now, notice what's missing in that moment. There's one thing missing. Like, usually, because, see, the Lord was trying to communicate something. He left out the, left out the uh, grape juice, right? He took the bread, blessed it, and broke it. And so what really what he was doing, though, but what he was trying to do, he was trying to reveal something. He was trying to, trying to show them something. And it says when he did that, their eyes were open. See, that's really what real communion is, okay? See, I believe the church, I think we've missed something on communion. I believe that there's power in the broken body. I believe there's power in the broken body. I believe the Lord wants to open people's eyes when the bread's broken. Okay, that his, that our eyes would be open to really, because that's what happened to them. Their eyes were open when the bread was broken. Okay, and it's almost like we do communion, right? We're going to do communion this Sunday. We're just going to do it. But that's really not the way it is in the Bible. We receive communion from the Lord. The Lord gives us something. He gives us His broken body. Okay, and that's really how we had to start looking at this thing. And I believe that we can really begin to get something from the Lord and receive something from the Lord if we could really start seeing how, what this thing that called communion really is all about. That the Lord took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to him. And in that moment, their eyes were open. Then it says he vanished from their sight. Well, if you look at the word vanished, it doesn't mean that he left. It just means that they got it at that moment. Oh, we've got it! And the Bible says that, Paul said, we used to know Christ after the flesh, but we no longer know Him that way. And see, at that moment, they didn't need to see Jesus in the flesh because they could see Him spiritually because their spiritual eyes were open. And you see, that's how the Lord wants us to see Him, not with, because the Bible's clear on it. It's, we don't know Jesus after the flesh any longer. It's what Paul said. We know Him after the Spirit. So if we know Him after the Spirit, we have to see Him after the Spirit. That's how he, he is. See, Jesus has vanished from sight, but he's right here. But we don't see him, but see what he wants us to do. He says, I want to enable you to see me. I want you to enable to recognize my voice. I want you to enable when you hear something. That's the Lord. 
It doesn't matter what form it came in. It doesn't matter. It could be a commercial on television. God could be talking directly to you. And God really wants to give the church that ability to do that. Okay? And I believe one of the ways is, number one, pray in the prayer. Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit to govern me on the inside. I invite your government into my heart. That's the, the Philippians 3. And the other one is, Lord, I'm going to have a relationship with you. I'm going to get close to you. I'm going to understand what your voice sounds like by listening to you and talking to you. I'm going to learn what it's like when you come. I'm going to pay attention. When you come, I'm going to pay attention to all the little things that happen. I'm not going to isolate myself. You know, I'm going to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. I'm going to put myself into that and so I can learn how He moves, how He works. Because, you know, really what the church should do, the church should, should be a place where that can happen for people so they can go out into their life. Church is not just some... It should not be a place we just come. People should want to come to church because God is there and we can learn about God. We can find out about how God operates in church so we can go home and do it at home. Really, that's the truth. And plus, you need to be in corporate worship, honestly, because, you know, I'm a personal... I've become a worshiper, man. I mean, I'm so excited about myself. I mean, because I was never a real worshiper, but I became a worshiper in the la last year of my life, a real worshiper, where I worship God as a person, as an individual. But even though I've been... The Lord's helped me get that breakthrough in my life, I still need to come and worship God with other people because there's a whole different thing that happens. There's a whole d dynamic. It takes humility. I tell you, it takes a lot of humility to worship God with other people and really have that connection with God like you can get by yourself. It to me, it takes more humility for me to come to church and worship with other people than it does for me to worship at home by myself. When I come with other people, I do have to humble myself because at home I can just do whatever's in my heart. You know, but you see, here I had to bow to what other things are happening and find God in other ways, not just the way I would find Him. You know, and I'm just making a pitch for getting a different revelation of church than what we have. And I'm trying to give a pitch to seeing something greater than what we're seeing. You know, every one of us is going to get up and walk out of here. And if we want to recognize the Lord, we're going to have to work, this deep, we're going to have to work it out on our own. I can't work it out for you. I've got to work my own out. I'm working my own thing out with God. I'm trying to learn how to figure out God's voice, how, what it sounds like. Myself, personally, you can't do that for me. I can't do it for you. I can help you. You can help me. But that's all we can do and encourage each other and teach each other what, what the Bible's saying. Uh, <laughs> I did want to tell you this one story about the stairs. Though. i got to tell you this. This is crazy. This is the grandparents' worst nightmare. We have those wooden steps. I have this big old round exercise ball, okay? You know, the kind you get on and do set-ups. Well, my two granddaughters were over there at the house one day playing with that ball, and the ball kept rolling down the steps, so we fussed at them, you know, like, y'all stop! Don't play around them stairs with that ball no more! You know, threw it back up there at them. Then all of a sudden we heard this, bloop, 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 and I looked where I could see, and it was Madeline. She's three years old. She was tumbling, woo, woo, woo. you know, it's like slow motion, too. That's the way it felt, slow motion, you're there. You can't get to them. And then she, there was about three steps left, and she was in a full belly dive. She even had her hands out, going for the floor. And it was like, 
But it's like the angels called her, and she just sort of hit the floor like she would a mattress. Wasn't that awesome that the Lord did that? Woo! I thought, man, I'm glad her mom ain't here. She'd think we're terrible grandparents. She won't let us go. Huh? Oh, yeah, the daddy. He'd kill you over them babies. Anyways, I just thought I'd tell you, I thought about it. You know, the Lord will take care of us going down the steps sometimes, won't He? But I fell the other day walking on a flat road on a sidewalk, and somehow, hey, you know what? The first thing I did when I fell, after I was, you know, got my senses about me, Lord, why didn't you let me fall? Don't you? I thought you loved me. You let me fall. I'm humiliated because I fell right in this front of this restaurant, and everybody was sitting outside. It was embarrassing, bad embarrassing. I was humiliated. I felt like a fool. I'm not going to say anything about Terry Manning's chin. She has a big bruiser and she fell last week too. It was the devil stumbling me. But you know what? The Lord, I thought, well, you know what? The Lord didn't cause me to fall. You know, the Lord loves me. You know, maybe he'll speak to me of something through this fall. But anyways, their eyes were open. They didn't know longer. It was Second Corinthians five sixteen. Even though we have known Christ according to flesh, yet now we know Him thus no longer. You see, we had to know Christ through here, in here. We had to be able to see Christ in here. We, he wants us to be able to see Him. He wants us to see Him. He wants us to hear Him. He wants us to feel Him. He wants us to taste Him. He wants us to smell Him. All of those things are in the Bible, spiritually. Just like your Father. He wants all that. He wants all that to be released in your mind and your life. So this morning, I thought, as we do the uh, communion, we would do, we would take the Bible literally this morning and break the bread and believe that the Lord's going to do something in us this morning to open our eyes to see the Lord, okay? To really see Him and to really hear Him, to really have a relationship with Him. Because that's really what the resurrection is, and it's really God's heart's desire for everybody in this room to have that with Him. Everybody, every person can have that. And God is desiring for you and I to have that so much. So I want to, I want to do this. I want to take this piece of bread and I want to break it. And I want you to believe that as we break it, that God will do something in your heart. That just like He did with uh, Cleopas and probably his wife. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? That's what it said. Didn't our hearts burn within us? God really wants to put that fire in our hearts for Him. It's something that God does on the inside of us. It really is. It's something He does on the inside of us. And it really helps us. I, I had this happen to me this week. So I really want to encourage you because, I mean, it's just funny. I've never had this happen like this, and it happened this week. I was having this day, and it was a really, really hard day. It was like I had been able to keep a good attitude and been thinking the right thoughts. But this day, I was tired, and the thoughts were just, and I was just having a really hard day. And I was sitting down on this chair, and Matthew had come home and was doing stuff, and I was just sitting there. It was just like the thoughts were just, 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 you know, or I was just really down. And it was like Matthew walked over, and he said my name. Matthew said it. 
he said, Sarah. I mean, he, you know how, like, he said, Mary. Like, he said, Sarah. But when he said it, it was not Matthew. I've never, ever had this experience with him. But when he said it, it was almost like my insides. I immediately stood up. It was like I stood up and I knew, stop thinking those thoughts, move on. And, I mean, it was like my insides came, and it was just like, it was not Matthew saying my name. It shook my insides. And, you know, it, I stood up, and I walked over to the kitchen. It was like, okay, okay, let's get on to doing I mean, I really felt this thing, the, the fear of the Lord. Just stop thinking those thoughts. Let's move on. You know, but it was the Lord. It really was the Lord shaking me, you know, out of what, the enemy was just trying to do with me, you know, and it was just so good. Immediately this joy came, everything shifted, and the the day took a completely different, all that stuff just left me, you know, all those thoughts left me immediately, but it was really just exactly what you're talking about, and I've never experienced that in that, that, you know, level, but it was just, uh, the Lord really wants us to, because he wants us to respond you know he wants us to respond to him you know and he's really going to do this more and it's going to help us so much so that's awesome in that awesome testimony the lord that's just the lord's love and so what i want to do is i want to i want to pray i want to break this bread and i'm praying lord when, when i break the bread it'd be just like those two our eyes would be open our spiritual senses would come alive you know, and we would begin a new time with the Lord, a new day with the Lord, a new day of knowing the Lord and seeing the Lord and hearing the Lord. Questions we have, situations we have, we begin to get answers from heaven. We begin to see it, see it right, and begin to see things different. It's like Sarah said, suddenly things got jolted in her life. And things could become different from that moment in our lives. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to pray this, I'm going to break this bread, and then we're going to have, just come up, if you would, if you want, and receive communion, and we're going to just, uh, just worship, and that's how we'll end the service, if, like that. Uh, but, but let's really let the Lord do something right now. He really wants to, I know He does, He really does, because we're in a time to get back to the garden, and walk with the Lord, and hear the Lord talk to us. And see that garden enlarged around us. Amen. So would you just stand up, if you would. Lord, we just want to thank you again this morning. Lord, we're so blessed that Jesus Christ is our daddy. He, he died on that cross. He suffered. He did all that. He went through hell. He literally went into hell, but he couldn't be kept in hell. That death had no power over him. Because when he got ready to get up, he got up. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that he appeared to Mary and spoke to Mary. And Lord, you said, come back to the garden. Just come back to the garden. 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 I've called you back in to the garden, to the original place that I made for man. This is what I've done for you. This is what I've done for you. And I allowed my body to be broken. I allow my body to be broken because my body gives life. My body's the tree of life. This morning when we take communion, I believe when we talk about going back to the garden 
And we talk about eating Jesus' flesh and draining His blood. Literally, we're talking about the tree of life. That's really what He is. He's the tree of life. And as we do this this morning, we can receive life. We can be in life. We can have life. And we can live that life that He's ordained for us. I really believe that. I believe that if I didn't believe it, if you didn't believe it, we wouldn't be here. Why would we? So, Father, today, as, we, as I break this bread, open our eyes to the reality of Jesus Christ. Open our eyes to the, the realities of the spiritual world, to the realities of your will, your good and well-pleasing and perfect will, to the, your voice, Lord, to your feelings, Lord. Uh, to your scent, Lord. To your taste, Lord. Lord, we're asking you to break through our flesh. We'd break through that. And no longer would we partake in the tree of knowledge and good and evil. But we would eat the tree of life. And get our information from you, Lord. Get our revelation from you, Lord. Lord, I ask you that in Jesus' name. So, Lord, today, says you took the bread, you blessed it, and you broke it. So we take this bread. Reach your hands towards this bread, if you would. We take this bread. We bless it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak to you. You're just a loaf of bread, but we're speaking life that you represent today. The living Christ. The living Lord Jesus, whose body was torn and broken for us. And it's a blessed bread because you have blessed it. And you've made it life for us. So if you want to just come up and receive communion today, the Lord really wants to do something for you. In Jesus' name, and just worship Him.